What's happening, everybody? This is Madeline Moon, and this is the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today, I'm going to be airing an episode where I was the interviewee on the Anxiety Reset podcast with host Georgie Collinson. And this episode is covering a lot of territory. We talk about the pure versions of the feminine and masculine. We talk about the imbalanced versions of the feminine and masculine. We talk about some false connotations or assumptions people have about these energies, practices to do to engage both of these energies anxious and avoidant attachment styles we talk about bringing humor into your into your life when you are starting to see your shadow sides and I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. I talk like mostly throughout the whole thing. Sometimes that is how I best get my message out is I need someone to ask just one question and then boom, I'm on a roll. So after we recorded this podcast, I was like, Georgie, I need to put this on my show too, please. And thank you. So here we are sharing this episode and I'm really stoked for you to receive this knowledge and If you enjoy it, maybe you want to go head on over and see what else Georgie has to offer on the Anxiety Reset podcast. Today is the first full day of my cycle, which means I am taking it tremendously easy. Most of my life these days is fairly physically easy. It's not like I'm hustling and bustling to get to a million places, but emotionally it is not so light and airy. It's quite filled with intellect and with studying and with writing. I've noticed recently since working on this novel that I've been writing since, I guess, February, I have been really in my head. I was just telling a friend this, that he asked me, what are your practices right now? And I told him that when it comes to pleasure practices, the thing I used to do every single day starting three years ago, I don't do that anymore because that kind of lifestyle is embedded. I feel pleasure when I'm walking on hardwood floor. I feel pleasure when I sink my teeth into a strawberry. I feel pleasure when I feel the the billowy softness of my my amazing comforter. These things, the pleasure in my life is really easily accessible. Excuse me. It is not so much the pleasure that I'm needing to practice right now these days, but it's just literally getting back into my body and turning my brain off, like 101, going back to the basics. So today, being that it is the first official day of my cycle, I am laying off of anything that is requiring much mental work. And for myself and anyone like myself, this can be really challenging, especially when you live alone, because you pick up your gene keys book or your human design book, and then you put that down and you pick up that divine feminine book that you've been reading and then you put that down and then you listen to a podcast about a Dakini or Lilith or... (laughs) Um, some other feminine oracle that you've been studying and then you're done with that so you make yourself a little lunch and then you might walk the dog but then right after that you're going back into your coaching studies or whatever it may be and yesterday um, it was the first time that I've put on a comedy movie in a very long time 
I've recently watched some pretty heady shit. <laughs> I've been watching Dark, which is a phenomenal show. But if you have not watched Dark, get ready because you it's not one of those shows you can ever zone out because first of all, it's not in English, so you have to watch the subtitles. It's in German. And then second of all, there's so many layers, you just can't look away. And if you have watched Dark, you know that. So I've been I watched Dark and then I watched uh, I'm I'm forgetting if it's my octopus teacher or my teacher the octopus, but I watched that documentary, which is so beautiful. Oh my god, that did get me very embodied. That got me very embodied. I felt my feels. I went right into the feels. So tender, so beautiful, so exquisite. And that was lovely, but I haven't watched something that's purely mindless. And that I find is one of those beautiful things about relationships is that you really feed off of each other and you remind each other to do those goofy, pointless things like watch comedy movies. And yesterday, as I started to bleed, I was like, okay, I, my body is like, "Mm -mm, nope, we are not writing in our novel. We are not reading about metaphors and how to write better we're just going to zone out and so I saw that Netflix had this movie on now that I had I hadn't seen and it's been on my list for a while it's called waiting and it has Ryan Reynolds in it and it's just a bunch of like I'm sorry excuse my language but idiots (laughs) in a restaurant and it's so inappropriate it's like it's a movie that could never be made now in the post me too era but I watched it and I laughed and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and my brain just got to zone out. And I'm carrying that into today to just remember that, you know, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, this is where you're at, you know, and, and we're not going to be here forever. I, we have to remember this, that this is where we get to be right now in this beautiful moment. We only have this one day, you know, this is the youngest and the oldest you've ever been. So enjoy this moment while you have it. Enjoy being the youngest you've ever been and enjoy being the oldest you've ever been for this moment will not exist again. And I'm saying this out loud as I'm remembering myself that yes, it's beautiful to read the Gene Keys books and to write these vulnerable blog posts that we put out and hold our breath and then we send into the world and we feel proud of ourselves. And yes, it's important to do your Kundalini and your morning pages and to follow your dreams. And I don't believe that it is any hindrance to those beautiful goals when you actually carve out sacred nothingness time, sacred time to to stop thinking about the metaphysical meaning of your existence and to stop holding on to your crystals and, and concentrating so intensely to absorb that particular flavor of manifestation or to not have to be following the notifications for all your favorite teachers when they go live it's okay like there's something so beautiful about just closing your laptop putting your phone underneath your pillow and walking out the door with nothing going for a walk zoning out and just giving yourself permission to not do just don't just don't do or watch something that's hilarious and maybe a little bit inappropriate that the highest version of you in the spiritual realm probably wouldn't get caught watching ever, but maybe this humanly body wants to watch it. And let yourself do it and let yourself eat the real ice cream and 
to, you know, have some nights where you do totally zone out online and you're on Instagram way longer than you want to be and you just give yourself permission to fully do that. So that's that's what's coming through me today. Um, I, there's a whole master class. There's a full class on understanding the four phases of your month in the CSU Society with my teacher, Maria Stark. She went through four very distinct parts of your month. One of the parts is great for creativity. One is great for empathy. One is terrible for empathy. One is great for physical exercise and eating clean. And one is really great for letting go of all exercise and all ideas of eating clean. During your blood, you actually want to completely rest for the first two days. Nothing. Rest in bed. Have others cook for you. Be taken care of. Because if you get those first two days of full, rich rest, it actually sets up the entire next 28-day cycle for energy. Did you know that? Do you know that? And if you don't get rest on those two days and you push your body and perhaps you work out or you try to work really, really hard instead of giving yourself permission to go easy on yourself, then the rest of those 28 days may be like catch up. So if you're interested in listening to that masterclass and joining the conversation, come come join us in the CSU Society. You can find all the information, read testimonials, and sign up at maddiemoon.com forward slash sisu-society and get two live calls where I will be teaching classes, embodiment practices, and you can be doing these practices with your sisu sisters twice a month. I hope to see you there. And now let's go head on over to this really fun, super knowledgeable, packed podcast with Georgie from the Anxiety Reset Podcast. All right, Madeline, I'm so happy to have you here on the show. I just, I don't know quite where this episode is going to go, but I just feel if we let this flow, something magic is going to happen. <laughs> so Absolutely. Absolutely. It's in the flow that I think the most magic occurs. That's so right. And, it, and very much honoring the feminine. So I know feminine masculine energy is an area of your expertise. Um, what do you wish more women knew about this? Oh, um what do I wish more women well I wish that they knew what it was just flat out that yeah um I think that it it, there's I've been noticing that the feminine and masculine is becoming kind of a cool hot thing to talk about Mm -hmm. and it's not doing the depth of what it is justice and service just to talk a lot of the things I see on Instagram of people talking about the divine feminine rising on one hand is correct. It's like we're going deeper into our our emotions and our goddess energy. But like when we dive even deeper into what that means, a lot of the hype around it is missing the mark. It's not about glorifying our our um, our softness, our ability to surrender, or or even go with the flow, like we just mentioned. It's so much more than that. It's about embracing even the parts of us that are anxious. It's about embracing the parts of us that are wild and chaotic Mm -hmm. because 
a lot of times our anxiety that we feel comes from the repression of our own inner chaos, mm. of our own inner wildness, because she does not make sense with a capital S. Yeah. She does not work linear, linearly. She does not um, fit into the masculine blueprint that has been laid out before us. She's not fitting in, in the pathway that has been created you know, the past 100 years and, and many more than that, she fits outside of that. She wants to do things her own way. And sometimes it comes with, with pain and fear and grief and sadness and none of that fits into that blueprint. And so we repress it, we hide it. And the work around the feminine and the masculine, the masculine is just as important actually. When we're talking about divine feminine rising, we need to get our masculines really, really healthy. Mm. And then we go deeper into our own chaos, into our own feelings and emotions and our wildness and the part of us that is creator and destroyer from the womb mm. to the tomb, the part of us that is like uh, animal that would rip into flesh. Like we're welcoming all of that, the primal experience. That's yeah. what it is to be in the feminine. Amazing. Oh, you're speaking to my soul here. It's, I'm just picturing like the, the, that almost like that lioness energy. I talk about this occasionally with a, with a few clients who I know that's going to resonate with. It's like that sense of when, especially when they have children, I know I can really speak to that. Like that. Imagine if someone was harming your child right now, that, that strength, that protective and that almost destructive too energy can come out. And it's like, it's so powerful. Um, Something that just popped up for me while you were explaining that, because you explained it so beautifully, was this is why I think, personally, more women experience mental health stuff than men. It's, it's often more common for women to have anxiety disorders, uh, depression. Um, we see higher rates. And I, I feel it is that repression. Do you agree with that? Hmm, interesting. Yes, I, I believe, I, I, just to put this out there, the, the feminine is within both energy and both, both types of people, man, woman, or anything outside of that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the feminine within all of us that has been repressed. And so I don't know the stats on if women suffer from mental health issues more than men, but it in men, they have not been allowed to feel their feelings to feel quote weak, just as women, you know, it's this, it's, it's the same exact thing. Women have been raised in this wounded masculine society and men have as well. And a lot, a lot of oppression and, and destruction has been built into men's bodies, which is why there's so much violence, yeah. which is why women get abused because men don't know how to feel their own yearning, their own sadness, their own grief, so they turn to destruction. Mm -hmm. I once read somewhere that, um, I don't know if this is like the wounded masculine or just men in general, but they either want to own something or destroy it. I believe that's the wounded. So like the, the repressed, subconscious, unhealed version of men, they want to own something or destroy it. In their mind, there's no other option. And I think that's what's led to so much abuse and pain and rage in, in men as well. 
And then also for women, they're here experiencing that. They're on the other side of it. And they're having to both deal with this repression in men, also their own repression that they've experienced from being female and all that comes with that. So it's, that's where the whole the divine feminine rising conversation comes into play is that we're bringing more permission to the chaos, permission to living life non-linearly, permission mm. to not making sense all the time. Yeah. Space for that. Yeah. Uh, which brings into it when you, when you do embrace that, this doesn't make sense. There is a, and the surrender, there can be a peace. And when we don't have that, when we resist it, when we repress it, that sounds like anxiety to me. Mm. Does that sit true with you? Yeah. Can you say that one more time in another, in another way? I think I just lost a little bit what you're speaking. When we are able to connect with that surrender, that ability to be okay with things being chaotic, Mm -hmm. then we are at peace. There is an inner peace. That's mm-hmm. correct. Me, I love it. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think peace is something that. Um, I think peace, uh, because the feminine actually is completely here, there, and everywhere. So, for anyone that's new to this conversation, let me yeah. just make this very clear. So, the lineage that I study from, grandfather David Data. He's not really a grandfather, but. David Data, he wrote this book called The Way of the Superior Man, Blue Truth, Dear Lover, Wild Night. Um, And I've studied with a few different teachers. And so a lot of what I teach and believe is a combination of that lineage, but also my own, because I'm really forming my own opinions about how women and men are showing up with these two energies that aren't always exactly the way David Data or my other teachers have taught it. But um, the masculine in this lineage is consciousness. The masculine is consciousness. And what that means is it's time and space. So your room that you're in right now, the four corners, that's the masculine. It's a container. Mm -hmm. This time slot that we are doing this interview in is a container. That's the masculine structure. Um, When you get into a car, your car is keeping you safe. It's holding you. It's transporting you time and space. It's your, it's your masculine. Whoever is listening right now, you're, you're, even though you're still and quiet, a lot of people would think that is the feminine, like yin, but it's actually the masculine. You're holding the space of me talking. Mm. And when we are talking energetically, I don't know if I already said this, but it's the part of you that's never changed. So it's the part within that's always been the same from the past life to this life to the next life. It doesn't change. It's still, mm-hmm. it's the river bed that lets the water flow inside. It's, it's, it's sturdy. It's conscious. That's what the masculine is. It's not hustle. It's not living on in New York city and going to wall street. It's not getting your work done. It's not that, that is a manifestation of the masculine, but it's not what the masculine is. Mm-hmm. Because when, you, when you're focused and when you're sturdy and when you're thinking linearly, then you can hustle. So it's a, it's a side effect. Mm-hmm. The feminine is the opposite. 
she's the river flowing in the riverbed. But, she, but when you take away the bed, what is she? She's just water flowing everywhere. She is me right now talking. I'm talking with my hands. I'm a lot of energy. So she is energy. She's happy. She's sad. She's, she's craving. She's crying. She's um, color. She's art. She is the color on the canvas. Like it's the emotion, right? So masculine consciousness, feminine energy. And so what you said there, I, I, there's parts that I agree with. And then there's, there's another part to be really clear on so people don't have wrong expectations of what it feels like to, to step into their feminine. Because the thing about peace that I find is with both, primarily masculine and primarily feminine, there is a um, there is a burden that both and energies experience. So the masculine, because it is so much structure, a person who's primarily masculine or the masculine within all of us really craves to be free of burden, burden of responsibility more specifically, mm -hmm. really wants to be free of burden of having to bring home the bacon of having to listen, of having to sit up straight. The masculine with all, within all of us just wants to be free, just wants to stop, just wants to die, honestly. Just wants death because it sounds really blissful and peaceful. That's peace. So we get to touch these parts. There's moments in sex that many of us touch this where we actually touch true peace. Like our body is so lit up with experience. It's so like open and inspired and alive. It's almost too much because you're experiencing God mm -hmm. in that sexual moment. You're experiencing total, total ecstasy that you reach obliteration. And I know this probably sounds really esoteric to people who are new to this concept of like, God fuck is what we call it in this lineage is like God fuck like two people come together they make eye contact they breathe together as they have sex they open each other's bodies they breathe into each other's bodies and they orgasm together or separate it doesn't even matter if you orgasm but you feel true peace in that moment mm -hmm. it's also the same peace that you touch when you meditate like that is nothingness when you go into meditation, you're so deep that you like you're drooling and you're, like you're just not in your own head anymore. That's when you're reaching that peace. You're free from that burden. Mm -hmm. And for the feminine, so let's say women or beings who are primarily feminine or the feminine in all people, um, the peace that she will receive is when she finally acknowledges that she'll always want more. And it's not the same kind of peace as the meditation piece or the obliteration via sex piece. It's more of a piece of finally allowing yourself to be the way you are. You know, so especially mm -hmm. with anyone who has anxiety, because I've, I've had a lot of anxiety in my life, and I know that my anxiety is, has been rooted in like one, I don't want to make the wrong decision. A lot of anxiety of like, I don't want to make the wrong choice, primarily around leaving relationships. 
being really afraid that if I leave this relationship, I'll make the wrong choice. So a lot of has come from that. And my, my background, I've had disordered eating and a lot of anxiety came from that. And, and then a lot of anxiety has come from not the leaving of relationships, but being in relationships and finding myself in very anxious, avoidant style attachments. So me being anxious and attracting avoidance mm-hmm. or me being avoidant and attaching to age, uh, anxious, anxious. Um, and so for the feminine, like all of those examples I just listed are very feminine type examples. They're problems that the feminine has because the feminine is the one that is more into the energy of the moment. So again, that might sound a little esoteric. The masculine is the part of you that's never changed. So that part of you really doesn't care about anxious or avoidant, doesn't care about making the right or wrong decision. That part of you just does, just does, does what it needs to do. Linear, it's just kind of like logical. It's not the feminine. The feminine is, oh, but I love him. I don't know if I love him right now, though. Are we meant to be? He's the right one, but not the right time. Oh, my God, this hurts so much, but I love him. Am I making the wrong decision? All the energy. And it's adorable. It's adorable. The feminine is so cute and sweet and and chaotic and like crazy. It's just all the wonderful things. I love the feminine. What happens, we get into anxiety when we stop that flow and we start to shame ourselves for wanting this and wanting that, wanting more, wanting less. Mm -hmm. So the peace that she will receive is by saying, oh, fuck, this is the way I am. I want more and sometimes I want less. And it's kind of funny. She will find the most peace when she brings humor Mm -hmm. to the way she is. Like this is an example. I'm I'm just keep like stop me at any time because I just keep going and going with these. Fantastic! I don't have to ask any questions. I'm just (laughs) I'm just holding something up for you. (laughs) This is my feminine. It's like I want to talk about this now. Let's let her out. Unleash her. This is a slightly related. I mean, it is related to the humor piece, but I've become so. Uh, aware of the ridiculousness of my own feminine that I pointed out not to catch it before anyone else catches it. You know how some people are like, not some people, most everyone, especially women might write emails and say like, delete this if this, if this isn't allowed, or they'll say something like, I know nobody will probably read this, but blah, blah, blah. You know, everyone listening to this, stop that. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to change your life if you stop writing emails like that and you just say what you need to say. Mm. That's the kind of catching people to the punchline. That's the wounded feminine. No one's going to read this, but I'll write it anyways. I've heard as well using the word, like taking out using the word just. Just. I'm just popping in to say, I just wanted to say. Yeah, I wanted to say. (laughs) Just, kinda, Mm. actually. Mm. Um, there's Hope actually, <laughs> actually, there's a plugin called just not sorry for Gmail that I highly recommend. It will red underline any of those stupid words that people use so that you go through and you delete it. That's it's one amazing. of the best plugins I have ever used. I've used it now probably five years, just not sorry. And your email game will step up. And then you'll carry that over to your Facebook posts and anytime you write, and it'll be so much more powerful. Mm. Um, So that's the kind of wounded, um, not serving us habit 
But there's another kind of habit where we call out our feminine, but it's, it's consciously and it's for fun. So the other day I was driving with my friend and I was going to take a left turn. We're in LA. The sun is shining really brightly. I can barely see. And I asked my friend, hey, will you please tell me if there's a car coming on the right side? And then he leans over and he looks to see if there's a car coming. And then I lean over and then he's in my way. And then I'm like, I can't see. You're in my way. And then he said something like, you just told me to look. Like you just told me to look. And then I go, I know. And I changed my mind and I didn't tell you. I didn't want you to look anymore. (laughs) And I just laugh because that's so funny to do something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's what we do. We sometimes as, as the feminine, we say things that we don't mean. And that's a light example, but there are ways we do that that are very serious where we say, I'm fine and we're not fine. Or we say yes when we actually mean no. And instead of looking outward to punish the world for not mind reading and not going inward and punishing ourselves for not saying it perfectly, we actually bring humor into it and we laugh. Mm. We laugh at being human, at laugh at, at how our brains work and how we say things that we don't always mean. And I'm not saying that we laugh about everything, about saying yes to sex when we mean no. It's not that everything becomes funny, but we can start to cultivate that part of us that can simply be a little bit lighter, a little more gentle. Um, so that's, that all comes from that one question you asked about about peace, because so I think that's a deep topic that it, the both the part of us of the masculine and the feminine both will experience different versions of peace in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I've just got this kitten that just keeps jumping over mm. my computer. So <laughs> sorry, I'm yeah, just like, like that. Yeah. Um, which is you know also adorable because he's purring. It's cute. But um, okay, so that's I love that. I love that idea of like laughing at the fickleness of our nature um in the context though so are we all and i'd love you to explain this 50 50 masculine feminine or are say women who identify as more feminine more balanced uh healthier within themselves whatever it might be if they're 70 percent feminine 30 percent masculine Mm. so interesting question. I was just reading a post earlier today where someone was talking about their percentages of the feminine masculine and they wrote something like um, 85, uh, 15, Mm -hmm. just so specific. (laughs) Um, Where do they measure this? (laughs) Yeah. You know, four years ago when I was teaching this, I remember when people would ask me that question, I would really hone in that it's always a harmony based off of the moment. And I still agree with that. I do not think at all that we can be 85-15. I don't think so at all because I because the, the masculine, okay, here's how I describe why the masculine is so important. We, ha- we have to have more than 15%. We have to. If we have 85% feminine, which is beautiful. It's just the, the specifics of the number I don't totally love because I don't think we're, we're giving our masculine as much credit as the he with the capital H deserves. Because if we were to, let's say, solely be in our feminine, it would almost be like if God put a blindfold around you and then 
put you on the top of a island that was surrounded by cliff. So you're wearing a blindfold and you're on an island and it's also a cliff. And then he says, or she, however you describe God, says, dance, dance for me, enjoy, just dance, like dance on this island with your blindfold. You'd be like, God, what the fuck? No, I've got a blindfold on. I'm going to fall off the cliff. Yeah. So then God would be like, okay, I'll put a fence around it. Now you can dance. And then you'd be like, okay, I feel safe. I'll dance. Mm. That is what it's like whenever we go dive headfirst into the feminine without actually creating structure in our life to hold ourselves. Mm. This is called husbanding the feminine. We learn to husband our feminine. And this is a daily practice for, for myself where I go deep into feels and like, the past three days, I've been feeling really sad, just really sad. And actually, I was telling you before, past week, I had a really rough week, mm. really rough. And I've been able to meet myself there, like without, without um, like skipping rope around feminine responsibility, which I think a lot of people more in that wounded energy do. They, they skip around the responsibility piece. The world's doing this. Mercury in retrograde, that guy, fuck him. He like ruined me three years ago or this or this. Mm. Blaming everything else. Blaming. And I think that's a part of our process. So I'm not shaming or saying that you shouldn't do that because the goal is to do that and then work through it and then be on the other side. You Mm. have to experience all of that, of the blaming and then feeling disempowered to know what it feels like to be empowered. You know, so I, I support that experience. I think it's, it's ugly and it's painful for the others and for you. No one wins. Mm. But once you get through that with compassion and love, you start to realize, oh, no one else is responsible to fill this void in my heart. No one else is responsible to make this feeling go away. Mm. No one else is responsible for giving me a different life. You know? And, and that's what it looks like to husband or feminine is to really imagine that part of you is like, oh man, I was just reading this in this beautiful book. I have a book called The Heroine's Journey. And in it, um, I forgot how she just, what she called it, but it was like man of my heart. And that's what the, the masculine within yourself is, is man of your heart. And he is a warrior with a bejeweled sword that uses it wisely and doesn't wave it around. He holds you whenever you are caving or crying or open or tender, holds you so, so sweetly, takes you from place A to place B, makes structures and plans for you. This masculine within is, is, is like the perfect father like the most perfect loving father. It is God. He is God. And that is within you. And only when you begin to create this within yourself, are you free to meet a match like that? Mm. Your masculine can meet that masculine. And that masculine is going to be inspired to come into you and, and love you and maybe marry you and and cherish you and claim you because you are so empowered with your own masculine. He knows that you do not need him and it's okay to need 
just making that clear. It's also okay to need, but there's yeah. a micro need and a macro need. The yeah. macro need is when you really truly need someone else to do everything for you. And yeah. that doesn't normally inspire a good conscious human to come in and claim you because mm-hmm. there's too much pressure. Yeah. So, it's so much pressure. But then there's the micro need where on the macro level, you're husbanding your own feminine And then on the micro, you have daily needs. You need words of affirmation. You need love. You need attention and affection. And that inspires him because you're such a empowered woman and you choose him. He gets to be the fortunate, blessed man to to bring you that, to bring you touch and affirmation and amazing sex. Fuck yeah. That's That's level king and queen. And that's what we all want. And we must learn that really crucial piece of bringing in our own masculine more than 15%. It's, it's, I'm not going to say 50, 50, but I'm going to say like, they're just, they're both 100%, you know? And, and sometimes like if I'm with a person that's more in his masculine, I'm going to definitely go more in my feminine. Yeah. And vice versa. My last partner was more in the feminine. I was polarized more in the masculine and that's not the way that I wanted to be. You know, that's not the kind of polarization that I want in a long-term relationship. So Mm -hmm. I I love the the way of thinking about things about macro and micro. So the micro is like in my own body, I've got so much feminine that's pouring out and so much masculine that's holding it. And then on the macro, I feel a certain level of feminine and masculine with my partner or with the world or with my friends. Yeah. Um, going back to the idea of those micro needs and those macro needs and the macro need, if it's so strong for, I need the, you know, in a real life concept text, I need a man in my life to make up. It could it be, could an example be like, I need a man to make up for the failings of my own father. Totally. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times that's an unconscious need. Like yeah. when you don't actually look at, the wounding that your father imprinted on you, mm-hmm. your unconscious self is constantly going to be f- looking for someone that smells, sounds, feels just like dad, because if only you can find someone just like dad that will fix that little wound that he created, then all, all will be right with the world. Yeah. You know, and that's an immense responsibility. And then that creates codependency behaviors, manipulation. If you were scared to ask your father, for something you needed and you find a man that's very much like your father, avoidant, sarcastic, um, dismissive, rolls his eyes at you. Like, let's say your father did all those things and then this John does all these things and you think, well, if only I could get John to, to stop being so dismissive of the stuff that I've been telling him that I love and I want him to really pay attention, but, but fuck, I don't want to like, I don't want to like ask him for it because he'll think that I'm silly because your dad probably thought that you were silly. So I'll just try to like cold shoulder my way to get it. Mm. I'll punish him for not giving it to me. Mm. Right. So we have to do our work. It's not to say you can't make things work with John, but you also have to break through that pattern that you created as a kid to get what you wanted. Maybe you thought that maybe you learn as a little girl that if you were just beautiful enough, you'd get the kind of affection that you wanted. Maybe he didn't really fully acknowledge your brains, but if you were pretty enough and sweet enough, then you did get some kind of affection that you wanted. And then with John, you do the same thing. 
You try to look prettier, try to be more perfect. You try to get him to say, I see you and I love you by being pretty. And that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So if you want to make things work with him, you have to get really, really honest, really vulnerable. You got to strip down. You got to let go of those patterns you've been using to earn love. Mm. And you got to you got to reveal it. You got to reveal with your emotion, this is how I feel when you don't see me. Mm. Remember like earlier we were talking about um mama bear saying I'm going to protect my children. Mm. Well, we can use that same mama bear energy with our lover saying I'm going to protect our love. There's no way in hell I'm going to let us keep going on with this passive aggressive bullshit. We're going to we're going to fall back in love because that's what we're worth. So you can summon that same vicious animalistic primal energy to say fucking see me like it's like with your heart and it's with love that you're demanding his warrior you're demanding his attention it's not through that five-year-old childlike if i just be good enough maybe i'll earn it shit it is what oh it is what the conscious woman within you wants and what she'll do for that true love true connection conscious connection you are like i just feel so much deep truth in everything you're saying i'm just like i don't even have a next question in my head right now (laughs) oh that's so good madeline how so how in terms of you've talked about husbanding our our feminine so being taking responsibility for your own emotions, not just blaming everything else and actually looking at how can I be here for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other ways that we can be our own container? Mm, yeah, I'm think, trying to think of some really realistic things. Um, like, is there a ritual one could perform like, or while in meditation to visualize something? I, I often myself, and I, I talk my clients to this, imagine literally like man arms coming up behind me, giving me a big hug mm-hmm. when I'm feeling afraid. Yeah. So I have this group coaching program called the Sisu Society and Sisu means extraordinary determination and grit. And that's one of the things I, I believe is missing in, in these feminine groups. They're, they're focusing so much on lusciousness and juiciness and flow. And like I've been sharing with this whole chat we've been having, it's so so crucial. We put that masculine in the forefront. Like we want our masculine within to be like this to our beautiful feminine. Like I've got you. I'm holding you. You're Mm. safe. I'm your shield. Mm. So I call it Sisu because it's extraordinary determination. Like Sisu feminine, strong feminine or warriors or warriors with a strong spine and a soft heart. Mm. And like, I, I practice with this, um, it's underneath the table here, but I have this steel mace. If anyone is interested in what that is, you can look up steel mace flow on YouTube. Like a weapon? It is. It looks like a, it's like this black, very long rod and has a bulb at the top. So the weight is unevenly distributed. So it like, you like learn how to use it as a sword basically. And that's one of my practices is to use this beautiful masculine device in a feminine way. 
Mm -hmm. and create flows and dance with it, dance with my sword. Um, And in the Sisu, I have this one practice that's very, very, very deep. It is, it is a, it is a like, I I don't know what the ranking is for practice levels, but it would be like rated R in the most lovely way. It's just really deep and um, anyone can do it. Anyone, you, you meet yourself where you're at, but basically you create time to be with the ultimate divine masculine, whoever that is for you. And it's a guided meditation. So maybe you end up seeing a beautiful Jesus or you see Yeshiva or you see the sun or I see the statue of David. That's who I always see as the divine masculine. And you welcome the divine masculine into your body. And this practice was taught to me by this beautiful teacher, Nicolette, who is who works underneath one of my teachers, John Wineland. And so this is from what, what they've taught me and I've made my own spin with it. But this practice has been so divinely healing for me to actually create sacred time where the, I welcome the masculine in and into my body. Like I, I take him in, I breathe him in mm-hmm. and we're in practice together. We hold eye contact together. And I feel him liberating all these different chakras within my body with his consciousness, with his breath. So it's hard to totally understand what I'm talking about, just hearing about this. But that's one of the practices and rituals. But then there's also these everyday things that my masculine has to do quite often. It's like if I'm having a – it's the part of me that goes, nope. I know you want to do all the things, but no, tonight you're going to have time between five and nine to watch this show, to order in nourishing meals, to text those three people you've been meaning to text, and to then put your feet up. So like even that is the masculine guiding me when I'm feeling chaotic and, and like frustrated and like, what do I do tonight? Blah, blah, blah. The masculine part of me is the one that goes, we're going to do this because this is what is good for you. Mm. or the masculine goes we're going to delete that number from our phone we're going to set a boundary like it's the part of you that makes the tough calls yeah sets the containers it's your bedtime it's what you're going to wear tomorrow like it's the structure that's put into place and it's happening all day long without us really even recognizing it but when we do start to recognize it we can harness it yeah. And so that your feminine can just flow within that structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm so curious as to how, cause you've taken this whole idea of feminine masculine into a really deep place. I'm curious the, the concept of predominantly feminine beings. So let's say someone who identifies as a woman uh, working really hard very career focused, very driven in that state of what I've always understood as almost like too much masculine energy, not, not connected to pleasure, not connected to feeling and quite anxious is a kind of um, a profile that I come across with people. But am I, am I describing that correctly to say that they are too much in their masculine? Um. So I'm going to bring up this book because I love, oh, kitty, kitty. The kitten's just climbed on my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, look at that little booty. We'll just continue. I know. Oh, sorry. It's so hard for me to like think about anything other than that cute face. Oh, he's just that's he's just flowing in here, disrupting us. <laughs> we need some masculine. Okay, come back. I know. So, I know. That mask. Like, are we too much in our in our masculine? Is that a thing? So I wouldn't say that because the masculine, if we're actually looking at the conscious version of the masculine, is very centered and grounded. It's not scrambling to prove its worth. Mm. It's not scrambling to keep up with everybody else. It's not scrambling to show that it can live in a man's world, mm-hmm. make more money, more, 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 more. Mm. The pure masculine is... <sighs> There's that right there. It's... It's breathing, it's calm, it has nothing to prove, centered, it's safe. Mm. It's not going anywhere. So this book that I've been reading, I'm going to bring it up just because I love this new way to talk about this. I'm not finished with it. It's called The Heroine's Journey because The Heroine's Journey is different from The Hero's Journey. And so far from what I've read that I can bring here that just makes total sense is that women, their arc, their journey includes totally repressing and shoving away anything that looks like feminine because women go through a period where they, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? They reject their mother. It's like women watch their mom do things the way their mom did and want nothing to do with it. And so they reject everything to do with the feminine. They mm-hmm. go, I don't want it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to look at, look at it. I don't want to taste it. I want nothing to do with the feminine. No pleasure, no beauty, no this, no that. I'm going to be like 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 that. And this book covers it even if you had a great mom, even if you had a wonderful mom, there's still something in there about my mom is wonderful and I love her and I've got to go find my own path. It might not be as extreme as I want nothing to do with her, but there is a rejection of the feminine due to mom. And so the father actually holds or lack of holds a lot. He determines a lot of how the woman sees success and sees herself as worthy of success as she gets older. And so each woman has to go through this own arc in her journey where she rejects the feminine and then tries to live in a man's world and in the masculine's world. And so I wouldn't, I still wouldn't say that it's a lot of the masculine energy, but it's rather the repression of the feminine Mm. and then whatever's left, whatever we would call that. It's like the repression of the feminine and living in this world where you're in this body that you don't know how to truly feel. Yeah, You're with these emotions that you don't know how to truly feel. You're looking at all these men who are somehow fitting into this world, but you're not quite. And all of your success isn't giving you what you wanted. The, the stature, the praise, climbing up the ladder, it's still not filling that void. Mm. And, and w- once you realize that, then you start to change that journey and that arc. And that's when you start to, to bring back in the feminine and and it's so spot on like even i'm 29 i've already experienced all of that i was a bodybuilder i created physical armor in my body i had eating disorders um i i like was rejecting 
the everything that looked like the feminine because I wanted nothing to do with it and trying to be masculine as much as I could to very, very extreme extremes. But I, it wasn't like I was wanting to be like my dad. It was like I was just rejecting everything. Was it in a sense a craving for safety? Like it's safer to be a man, something like that? I believe for sure, yes. And I think that manifests in many different ways. Like safer to be a man, I can absolutely see how a woman who's experienced sexual abuse would think that too mm -hmm. and would want to gain weight or lose weight. If I just look like a child, maybe I'll protect my body. Or if I have a lot of layers and a lot of body fat, I'll protect my body and I'll be safe. Mm. Or if I have, if I have a, if I'm like a, a physical armor, like the path I took, if I have a physical armor and I'm a bodybuilder and I look like one of the dudes, then maybe I'll be respected and seen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and everyone has, I think all women have, I'm so curious if this is true, the more that I'm studying this, this more like Jungian. Um, perspective and, and archetypes of this. I'm curious if other women are going to all say me too, or if anyone doesn't have that experience, but then there, there comes a time, I believe, where the creative voice becomes really, really, really missed. There's like a, there's a birthing that every woman wants to experience of a project, an idea, a move, a relationship, a way of life, a spiritual belief. There's just a birthing of something. And it's not always kids. Like, I don't know if I want to have children, but I'm birthing things all the time, you know? And, and then we start to feel that part of us that wants to even be the safety. We come back to the part of us that wants to nurture and be nurtured and to um, feel, feel pleasure in our bodies, to break through that taboo around receiving pleasure. We just get fed up. We get tired. We get tired and fed up of not having that. It's like a new kind of revolution. Like before we were rejecting the feminine, I'll show you. And then we go through this arc and then we're like, oh my God, no. Like I'll show you. I'll show you by actually going into my feminine and reclaiming my nurture. Like that is the biggest middle finger to the patriarchy and to the tens of thousands of years that women have been beaten, sold, raped, hurt, the biggest fuck you is actually to say, I'm coming back home to this body. I'm going to create, I'm going to be a mother of ideas and community and I'm going to love deeply and I'm going to have my heart broken over and over and over and I'm going to die and it's going to be amazing. And then maybe I'll come back again as a woman <laughs> because it's so good to be a woman and it's so amazing and rich and beautiful. With that insatiable yearning, we're always wanting more. <sighs> I can, so, I, so an idea that popped into my head before when you were talking about rejecting the feminine was um, what about this tomboy phase that young girls can go through? Because I definitely went through that where all I wanted to be was like my brother. And I feel like I went through another rejection of the feminine later in life around my parents' divorce. And that's where I had more anxiety because I was, I'd seen my mother be rejected. And so then I didn't want to be that. Mm -hmm. I rejected what it was. I think there was something in that. I rejected what was in her because I, I don't want to be rejected. Um, something like that. Um, is, is this, is this something you see as well? Like this, this kind of younger life that sort of wanting to be a little boy kind of, or just walk around in shorts. I didn't want to have to wear a, a, a t-shirt. I just wanted to wear shorts like my brother did in summer. That's so interesting. 
Yeah, totally. And I, I'm just now, I, I, I've never gone super deep into the Jungian archetypes around this and how the psyche works in, in men and women. I, I think it goes, it's different than masculine and feminine. I think now this is more like men and women that we're talking about, yeah. which is different. Mm-hmm. And I had the same experience. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a boy. I remember having mostly guy friends and, or boy, little boy friends. And I'd wear boxers and my dad's clothing up until I was in high school. And I'd style it super cute, but I thought it was like super hipster to like wear my dad's fly fishing tees and a <laughs> hippie like bandana around my head and I'd sleep in boxers. And when I was a little girl, I would want to catch frogs and play video games. And there was so much pleasure in that experience of being more like a little boy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like maybe there's a part of us as kids that just reject, re- like reject anything that feels too soft mm-hmm. and too beautiful. Like there, there's many different ways that we could look at it. It could be a whole bunch of little feminists that are just like, you're not going to make me beautiful. I'm so much more. Yeah. Or it could be none of that. And it could be more that, ooh, that it's a pain body. Like in our itty bitty little tiny girl bodies, we already feel the pain and we're internalizing it. We're already holding the pain of the last tens of thousands of years of men saying, damn it, it's a girl and wanting a boy. Like maybe we feel that in our bodies whenever we're five years old. We already know that we're not going to be the heir to the throne. Mm. And if only we look like a little boy and sound like a little boy, then we'll get daddy's affection and we'll be loved just as much. Mm. I don't know. It's all something really interesting to think about. And I don't know if this is a universal experience, but I think there is, there is for everyone, I think a, a, ego death of a shedding of an identity when you get your first period and you notice you're starting to grow breasts like that I'm becoming a woman thing I definitely rejected a part of myself when that happened for me I was like oh I don't like this like I just want to be a little kid mm. yeah 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 it's such a it's such an interesting topic I have um I have one of my teachers her name's Maria Stark highly recommend you have her on your podcast mm. she is such an exquisite gem of a human being. She's, she's, she is walking theater. Like she really is. She always is sparkly and beautiful and just powerful presence. But she talks a lot about the blood. Like that's a big part of her story and message. And she's an artist. So for anyone listening to this, find her on Spotify. Every song is about our lineage as women and the blood and carrying on the voice of our wombs. And Mm. I just did this, this, four week, um, like not course, just like a live zoom gathering to talk about our blood and talk about the first blood that we had and our experiences. And it's so sad how we don't as girls have a, have an actual rite of passage when we bleed. Mm. Some do, you know, some, their moms sit down with them, their grandmother, they talk about stories. We have an actual red tent experience. That's an amazing book. Also the red tent. changed my relationship with women that book did Mm. um but yeah I remember my experience was like I put a tampon in the very first blood that I had pretty sure because I had a guy friend coming over and we were gonna go swimming and I just needed to hurry and cram it on in and it was just a very rushed experience and it wasn't it was slightly celebrated with my mom it was like yay you're a woman now 
but that was the extent of it. It wasn't a ritual. It wasn't a rite of passage and it was a little scary. Mm-hmm. And we all have different experiences. For some of us, it's, it's an exciting thing. And then for others of us, it's, it's a very scary thing, especially if you're raised in a house with domestic abuse, you know, and you're not physically safe and now you're bleeding. Um, and that's something I wish would change in our culture of creating much more respect for mm-hmm. that process, that rite of passage and honoring it as such. I agree. And just even, I love the movement that's coming in of just like accepting the bleeding and that it's not weird. It's not gross. Like there's so much, I think it goes back to the Bible. I read a book on this where there's certain passages and quotes that say, you you know, to lie with a woman when she's bleeding is, is, you know, filth and dirty. And, you know, this whole concept that that's not okay is, um, fascinating as well oh my god Matt, Madeline I we we just I can't believe an hour has gone by like we could just keep going couldn't we um I'm probably gonna have to have you back on I think to dive deeper into some of these things if you would love mm-hmm. to join me again but um for those who've been listening to this epic chat I knew we were going to make some magic here and I feel we have um where can we find you where can we learn more about you so you can find me at maddymoon.com, M-A-D-D-Y moon.com. And I have a podcast I've been doing for almost seven years now. And that is called Mind Body Musings. You can find that on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. My Instagram is very active. I'm on there a lot. It's at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N-M-O-O-N. And like I mentioned earlier, I have a group coaching program called the Sisu Society, and I would love y'all to join if you're interested at all. Um, It is, I started it this year and it's been such an exceptional experience. We have about 180 women in it, and there's two group calls every single month where we do feminine embodiment practice and masculine practice Mm. like the actual practice not just talking about it but you get to experience what it feels like to become the energy become the pleasure and be held in that Mm. so that you're not just doing it by yourself listening to an old audio you're actually with us in these calls and there's replays of course so that is at maddiemoon.com forward slash sisu dash society Amazing. I will have those links in the show notes for everyone to find. Thank you so much, Maddie. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. So wonderful. You're great at asking questions and I'm sure we'll do this again. Oh, you made this so easy for me. I didn't have to ask that many. (laughs) 